Welcome, angel beings. I am your host, Kato, and I work as an astrologer and as a business mentor. I am here to help female entrepreneurs with how to go from zero to creating a wildly profitable online coaching business by using astrology. And in this show, you will receive step-by-step advice on how to use astrology to your advantage, where you can build a business intentionally and that is fully aligned with your unique blueprint and astrological transits. Tune in to learn how to optimize your strategy without burning out and instead learn how to cultivate success and prosperity so you can live your best life. Welcome to your new favorite show, The Cosmic Babes Podcast. Hello, my Cosmic Babe. Welcome back to the show. And if you are completely new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited for you to be here. Today is a really juicy topic as I am joined by Jasmine Alicia Carter, who is a menstrual artist, who is a feminine embodiment mentor, a mother of two, and a founder of Sacred Woman, which is a beautiful lifestyle brand that empowers women to reclaim and heal their authentic feminine nature, their menstrual cycle, and their sexuality. Her favorite way to share feminine wisdom is drawing with her period blood, which is a beautiful sacred art that she has been spreading across the world from 2016 through her work that has gone viral all over the world and has been featured on major news platforms, really leading to the creation of a non-profit organization, which is called Menstrual Art Movement. We talk a little bit about her astrology, but the main takeaways for today are, number one, you will learn more about the beauty of having a menstrual blood ritual and creating menstrual art together with your children and really raising your children in a menstruation positive household where bleeding is celebrated. Number two, the power of yoni steaming and healing your vagina after giving birth. We're talking about all of the taboos. (laughs) So I'm really excited about sharing all of these with you. And lastly, you will learn more about the importance of postpartum self-care and rest and really honoring the seasons of womanhood. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, beautiful goddess Jasmine. Thank you so much for joining me for today's conversation. I am really happy to share this space with you today. Hello, beautiful soul. I am so, so, so excited. I was so looking forward to this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. So Jasmine, I found out about your Instagram account a couple of months ago, and it was so beautiful and captivating when I looked at your account and I was just like, oh my God, I need to have this woman coming onto the show and share her wisdom. Because when I look at you and like how you portray yourself, you are like this sensual goddess. You're this hot mama bear. You're a priestess. You're also a visionary and you are here to spread a really important message. So I would love it for you to introduce yourself and your mission that you came here to share with the world. Um, So our audience has an idea of what your superpower is. (laughs) Thank you so much, beautiful presentation. So yeah, my name is Jasmine. I am a menstrual artist. The reason reason most people come to learn about my work is for these menstrual arts that I create. I call myself a feminine embodiment mentor. I am a mother of two beautiful young children and the founder of Sacred Woman, which is my brand. I consider it to be a lifestyle brand. I like to call it a lifestyle because it's a way of living that helps to empower women to really reclaim and heal their authentic feminine nature. Okay, And it encompasses living according to your menstrual cycle, menstrual cycle embodiment, sacred sexuality and sensuality. And I have this educational platform that encompasses online courses, one-on-one coaching, mentorship programs, and I have an online boutique that offers, call it luxury, okay, self-care products 
and mostly pleasure tools, okay, that really help a woman to reclaim truly that inherent sacredness that is her truest self. Everything I call whatever is in the taboo is where lies your aliveness. And that is mostly regarding the woman. Okay. And my favorite, favorite, favorite way to express the feminine wisdom has been and always will be <laughs> drawing with my period blood. And this is a sacred art okay, that I have been diligently spreading across the entire globe from 2016. And my work has gone viral in multiple, multiple occasions and has been featured in so many magazines and platforms until I just decided to create a movement about it, the menstrual art movement. And it's a patience movement I'm so proud of. You can find it on Instagram, the menstrual art movement, and it counts thousands of women who have decided with me to collect their period blood, reclaim this part of themselves, and through art, really empower this part this vital part of ourselves as women that is so shamed and so stigmatized and so conditioned. Now through art, we are reclaiming that. We are through the sacred tool and medium that is art. So this is kind of a little bit what I do. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're combining both of the worlds of like art with healing and sensuality mm -hmm. is kind of like the bridge between those two. Yeah. And that's exactly that. what I noticed when I saw your page. I was like, wow, this is a movement. And mm -hmm. this is what the world needs to know. And this is a really important message to spread. So thank you so much for doing this work and like for leading us in this way. And I would love to hear a little bit more of like what got you into this work? Like why were you feeling so drawn towards sensual embodiment, to working with the feminine energy and really wanting to empower women through art and healing and sexuality? Beautiful. I love that you were used the word sensuality as the bridge is exactly what it is for me. And this path is not something that I was actively looking for. It feels like it found me and I was ready to receive it probably in that time of my life. It all came also shamanism is a big part of my life journey, you could say. So working with medicine plants and the earth as women and earth are one combined. Also plant medicine has been a huge catalyst of transformation for me. And menstrual art came into my life when I went to a ceremony and I was on my period at that same day. It was day one of my period with the ceremony and combined it just like, it just opened my third eye to the period blood. I feel like I've been awakened to the period, what it really means to bleed, what is the, the, the experience, what is actually going on in our bodies when we are on our period. Sometimes I just remember when we, and most how women mostly relate to their periods, it's just like something that happens every single month. And then it's something that you just want to keep there. Like the more I don't bring my awareness there, the better. I'm just completely detached from it when actually it's an integral experience. It just takes you from head to toe, energetically, emotionally, mentally, physically. It takes all of you. And I went through this incredible process during the ceremony in which I had these powerful visions in which my body was just decomposing in front of me. <laughs> Something that we're so attached to, in a sense, especially as women, right? And it was just like I was having pieces of me and they're falling on the ground and the earth was sucking it in and making flowers bloom from the earth. So you had that aspect of like death, and I really felt I was dying, but at the same time, there was something new popping on and something below me was being nourished. The earth was being nourished by my death. And I felt this exchange, this, this, this beautiful feedback loop between me and the earth and the earth and me. And just like this, this process, how period was just like bringing together this piece of the missing piece of what is my place in the world? Where do I belong? There was always this sense of like being always detached from the ground I was, I was walking on and just like being a bit swept away by conditioning, by women should be this, women should be that, don't do this, don't do that, be this, don't be that, do this, your period, hide it, all these things. And through that experience, really, and it started with my period, but the rawness of blood, blood, the, the, the first, the source, what is keeping us alive? 
what is making people being born in the world? You know, like it was this feeling, the, the source of where everything comes from and everything ends. It's been so liberating and so enlivening and so awakening, this experience that I had, that when I went to the bathroom after, <laughs> that I had to go pee, normal physical biological reaction, I pulled down my pants and my underwear and I saw the pad with blood and I looked at it as if it were the first time. And I, was, I repeat, it was in 2016, so I was probably 26 years, 25 years old. And I look at the pad and I looked at it for the first time and it was beautiful. And it, it, it taught me so many things. I was just looking at it and I was so mesmerized and so captivated by this blood, by this thing that was happening to me. And it just felt so wrong all of a sudden to throw it away, all of a sudden. So I recuperated a menstrual cup. I started collecting my blood. And art has always been a huge catalyst in my life. I've been an artist since I was like walking my first steps. I always loved art. And over the years, having had quite an intense life experience, we could say I come from kind of a rocky past. Art has always been there to help me process deep emotional garbage. And it was really intense. And when it got really, really intense, I would always go to art. It always gave me relief. It always gave me a way to, to, to get the ball, the burst of emotions and just like put it onto paper and put it onto something, something else, detach it from me. And when period blood came, it just was like obvious, like, but art, of course, this is what I have to do in my life. And it felt like the holy grail. Like, yes, <laughs> after I found this, I never went back. I never tried with anything else. Like blood is my life. And so I started creating all these artworks and, and it started to become like a self-inquiry journey for me. It became like literally a process and a spiritual practice on its own, like to get to know myself, get to know what, who, who am I? Who am I as a woman? And I started mandala after mandala after deity after mandala to discover more and more things of what was not working for me, the relationship I was, were they really good for me? The jobs that I was involved in, were they good for me? The nutritional habits that I had, were they good for me? Like I started to ask myself very cathartic questions that gave me direction into healing myself because I suffered with a lot of difficult menstrual pains and I had endometriosis and I had PCOS and I had reproductive ailments. And slowly, slowly with the act of painting with it every single month, it was like allowing me the space to really drop into my, the contents of my womb and understand the deeper meaning of the pains that I was having and the irregularities. And over time, it was like, the, the feminine is so mystery, mysterious how it, how it acts, right? Like, it wasn't logical that when I started to do these practices, doors started to open and I started to meet the right people and I started to get more involved in the womb mysteries and the feminine energy and tantric work and like womb work and womb healing and yoni crystals and all this world of sensuality and sexuality and all of these things that were all interconnected one by another. And it, and it started to, I started to integrate all these things that I was learning around along the way into my art forms. So every painting that I paint always has hidden messages within them of woman empowerment, of health, of catharsis, spiritual development, and all these things. So it's been, it's been and it definitely still is a journey of my life. Like literally, it's always taking me into places that I'm always so blown away. Hmm. It's a never-ending journey. Yeah, it Absolutely. really sounds like this work has found you. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like. And I love that story. And you're so right. Like, if I look back to when I was 12, 13, 14 years old and I got my period for the first time, I always looked at it like, oh, gross. Like, oh, it's so inconvenient. It's so embarrassing. It's so awkward. No one can find out about this. I was, like, so shy and feeling really uncomfortable about it. Whereas now being in my mid twenties, it's really like a reclamation of my own power of realizing like, wow, I can 
give birth to babies and I can co-create live and like how majestic, how magical that is. And it's changed my whole relationship to having my periods. And it also changed my relationship to each cycle of my menstrual phase as well. So I'd love to go deeper on that a little bit later. But right Mm -hmm. now, as soon as I'm bleeding each month, it's just like this beautiful reminder for me of like, I'm a woman. Mm. I'm so powerful. I can do anything and my body is healthy and I'm like celebrating the fact that I'm bleeding. It's not something that's like, ugh, anymore, like gross or annoying. It's just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's part of yeah. being a woman and it's it's really a celebration of my being. So I love that you also shared that. And it's like this beautiful cycle of death and rebirth. And we are cyclical. We're just as nature. And that was a huge realization for me as well. We also have our own seasons. And it's about honoring all of our seasons because if we don't do that, and I'm now speaking for myself, I'm nonstop in summer season or spring season. And that's literally a recipe for disaster. So I feel like having my period each and every single month is that beautiful reminder of like, oh yes, I can slow down. I can honor myself. I have needs and it's time to take care of myself and my temple and to really nurture myself because the foundation of everything in my business and in my life is self-care and self-love. And I feel Mm. like this has become part of my self-care practices. 100% beautiful. With every push, there has to be a pull. It's so true. Like (laughs) recipe of burnout when we're just celebrating and there's the tendency, you know, we live in a society and a life that is praising always Mm -hmm. readily ovulation and follicular phases, which are the phases in which we're just like more outgoing and more bubbly and more energetic and more sociable and more available to the external, right? Yeah. But then when it comes to luteal phases and menstrual phases, the most powerful misunderstood phases for us. So true. Like how deemed they have been, how shamed they have been. And actually, the more we go deep into this work and we learn to love and accept the darkness as much as we learn as we love so readily the light, there's this form of grace that comes through life and going through hardships and going through the chaos of life because it's utter chaos. But you learn to to really walk with a certain peace. Yes. Right. And, and and people notice that and it kind of become a magnet to mm-hmm. good things in life. Not good things, but good things and like things that really make you live a fully empowered quality life. Different yeah. stage, different rules. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there is power and a purpose to each and every season. Mm. So, yeah, it's so beautiful. And what I also really liked what you shared earlier is like you use your art and you combine it with blood and that's like really your unique gift that you get to share with the world. This is your medicine and I think it's so powerful. And I kind of also like to link it to your astrology, to your natal chart. You're a Leo sun and you have your Jupiter and Leo as well. And Leo is the archetype of self-expression. It's the Mm -hmm. artist. It's about creativity. So I really see that in you as well. And then you have your Libra rising and your Gemini moon, so both air. Um, But when we're looking at your Instagram, what I'll pick up on immediately is your ascendant and your midhaven. And ascendant is, like I said, Libra, which is a very feminine, loves beauty, harmony. So I also see yeah. that being portrayed on your Instagram. Like everything just looks beautiful. It's just like <laughs> it's just like one big piece of art. And with a Cancerian on your midhaven, that's like the energy of like um, the nurturer. It's about, you know, the divine mother bear that you're portraying. It's the sacred space holder, that feminine energy that is just so visible. So I love that. I love seeing that. It's like when we want to look at someone's Instagram and like align it with their brand identity, always look at the ascendant and the midhaven. And I feel like for you, that's really, really aligned. And then combining that with the creativity and the self-expression part, it's really beautiful. And I also noticed that in your chart, you have your North Node in the fourth house in Capricorn, which is like a little bit of a contradiction energy or a contradiction in the sense that 
your North Node talks about your purpose and what you're meant to be doing here in this lifetime. The fact that it's in Capricorn means that you are here to build your legacy, to build an empire, to create your movement, which you are doing, right? Capricorn is structured. It moves mountains. It gets shit done. Um, it's really powerful. It's like the divine Papa Bear energy that we need as well. <laughs> so you've got like both energies inside you. Amazing. Yes. And then. Yeah, and then the North Node is in the fourth house, which makes it interesting. And that's what, what I'm talking about, the contradiction, because the fourth house is about home. It's about mm-hmm. nurturing. It's about feminine energy. And I feel like when I'm looking at your Instagram and your work, just in general, it is a reflection of that North Node in Capricorn in the fourth house, because you are here to build your own legacy and movement. And the way that you're doing that is true, like honoring the feminine, the sacred feminine, yeah. um, doing feminine or yeah, women's work balancing like really that axis between the masculine and the feminine um but then also showing the beauty of family and the home and nurturing and that is also what really draw me to like inviting you on this podcast is like to me you're like this badass entrepreneur really putting yourself out there getting things done but then also like this soft fierce powerful very feminine woman and I found that combination quite unique. Does that make sense? Does it resonate for you as well? Thanks so much. Thank you for this really unexpected reading that touched, <laughs> really touched me. Yes, yes. It's it's also I get that a lot actually, and and I'm so grateful to have these two poles inside of me, so like recognizable and and strong the feminine and the masculine i feel like they're literally 50 50 you know they're always like you should be like 80 percent feminine and 20 percent masculine you have those kind of i really feel 50 masculine and 50 feminine like they both have a very strong ascendant on me and probably because growing up i was i was born from two military soldiers both my parents were in the army army air force and i was conceived in the war of saudi arabia so they were like, literally, my mom was telling me that there were bombs in the background and everything was exploding. And they were just like, let's make love. You know, you never know. We could die like now. So they just decided to conceive me. And and that feels like so much of my life, how it is represented by, you know, like in, in being this warrior of Dharma, this warrior of lights and this ocean of darkness, because there has been the darkness. And when I'm talking about menstrual menstrual art menstruation period blood among all the taboos that exist in the world honestly menstruation i believe it to be one of the most deeply rooted deeply because you can talk about sex you can talk about like so many also money and all these things they have such deep rooted shame power money sensuality sexuality they all come from stem from that deepest root taboo which is our deepest power yeah. Menstruation is one of those topics that brings up so much darkness, so much of that. So coming into these topics with the softness of the deep feminine, the wisdom of the feminine, that softness of surrender and acceptance, but also at the same time, that masculine force, that protector that's saying no more. Let's 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 build a better future. Let's build a better tomorrow. Like I really feel all these pieces. Yeah, really yeah. in harmony within me. Babe, I have a powerful invitation for you. My Capricorn Business Mastermind will open its doors for enrollment soon. And this is for beginning service-based business owners who are looking for an intimate deep dive experience to sharpen their skills, embody feminine leadership abilities, and position themselves as the authority and do it all with soul alignment. Because the foundation of my work is rooted in astrological guidance so you can build the business of your dreams, which is aligned with your unique blueprint so you can learn how to work smarter and not faster. So this mastermind container is designed with time and with space, not only to connect to the incredible CEOs who join me, but you will also have personal mentorship with me. So my invitation for you is to jump on the waitlist in the show notes and be the first to find out when doors are opening up for enrollment again, as I have limited spaces available because I really value high level support and mentorship. 
I've got more information coming to you when you join the waitlist. And if you have any questions about the Capricorn Business Mastermind, you can DM me on Instagram at catcaitlin with the word mastermind. And I will follow up with you. And of course, I am happy to answer any questions. So beautiful, love that. And the work that you do, what you, you you have a couple of videos up on your Instagram, which I really love, where you see yourself painting with your blood together with your mm-hmm. children. You're basically normalizing bleeding and menstruation, and you're teaching your children to mm. love this ritual. And yeah. I'm super curious to hear more. Like, what has it been like for your children to? beyond the receiving end and maybe they're not <laughs> even like aware of it it's like like your period or you know it's your so period blood but um yeah i just wanted to speak into that like what mm-hmm. what was your intention with that what do you hope to inspire other people with that um and sure. what result it could be of on your children right so so many questions i have about it tell Love me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> no like the fact that my son, my elder son, Ravi, he's four years old, he, he actually asked me. I'm not the one who imposes anything. I am a firm believer that you have to walk your talk and embody the principles that you want to see in the world. Because you can speak about it, but if you're not walking your talk, it's just like an empty shell. So I'm just living. I'm embodying the beauty and the passion that I have for period blood. My house is filled with my artwork. There's blood everywhere in this house, (laughs) let's make it honest. I have blood in my freezer, stored in my freezer for other works that I have and all these things. So my son was born already in this environment of me already appreciating this part of me expressing a certain aspect of the feminine. And he is just born in it. And again, I am not the one who enforces anything. I didn't ask him ever. He was just always coming to me and like, what is this, mommy? I said, it's blood. But what kind of blood? It's blood that comes from the yoni. And I'm always talking to him, etc. And then he just came one day and like, I want to paint with your blood. I want to paint too. Can I, can I, can we? I was just like, of course, in tears. I'm like, of course we can do it. <laughs> Such a proud so moment. And he was just so happy. He was so happy. And I was, it was, it was such a cathartic moment to recognize, you know, be there with my son and him like painting with my period, just looking at, look at all the details, look at that, ooh, blood. He was just so surprised and really immersed in the experience. And, and I just felt this is exact, this is how it's supposed to be. Can you imagine a world where everyone can relate to period this way? When I'm having my period, my husband comes to me, kisses my forehead, and he tells my son, Oh, your mom, your mama has the period. And they're like, ooh, and like all surprised. Like that element of celebration, that element of wow, this is an important moment. So let's let's leave her alone <laughs> for a little bit. Let's just immerse. Or let's just give, allow her space where she can really be creative. So this is what they're living. This is what they're seeing. And I'm so grateful that over the years, as soon as my young, my young children become men and they will start having their own partners and they will enter relationships, they will know exactly how to treat a woman during this time. They will know what is going on in this part of their body. They will know how to support her. They will know how to nourish her. And it's just one of the greatest gifts I feel for myself and for all the women out there. I'm always thinking about my future daughters in a sense. I wasn't blessed with a daughter this lifetime. I'm going to stop at two children. Two, I'm fine with that, two male. But I feel that it's going to be such a gift when they will bring their own partners at our home. And I'll get to, to share this wisdom with them as well. So it's, it's just so beautiful. It's just so beautiful yeah. to see how it works out. Yes. Passing on the traditions and the rituals. And I love that. Yeah. Thank you for showing up in this way and inspiring us all. And it makes me so excited to become a mama one day and like also do this practice with either my son or my daughter, whatever it may be. And just really come into this sense of celebration. Right. So that it's not just a celebration for myself, but that I get to share this with my family. And I think that's really powerful. I would like to also add one thing that I think it's really relevant because not only my first son was is so comfortable in seeing blood all the time. Now he also when he gets hurt, for example, he sees his own blood. He doesn't overreact to it, which is a big thing. 
and I'm I'm so sure that this process of him being so comfortable in seeing my blood is what allowed him to be present at the birth of his of his little brother because he was there with me in the swimming pool and again we didn't force anything he wanted to be there we asked for consent he said I want to be there I want to see my brother getting born so he knows where babies come from he was in the pool with me <laughs> he was in the pool with me he saw everything he saw the whole scenario he saw the little brother coming out of my yoni he saw all the blood he was completely chill and actually he was so involved and he loved everything and he was looking at the placenta he was really curious and looking at all the things and the midwives were explaining and he was there and it was just so beautiful so like how <laughs> this work is so deeply like it also went and involved a whole birthing process and it made it so much more valuable, so much more beautiful. And he is never jealous of his little brother. He feels super, super responsible for him. He's so caring. Like, I really feel that this, like from this, how look how many ripple, beautiful ripple effects. Yeah, exactly. That's also what yeah. came up for me is like, you are raising the next generation. We're all raising the next generation. And the fact that you're already like giving or being able to share this beautiful experience with your oldest son, that's so magical. Yeah. Like, wow, I, I'm really surprised in like a big, big way of like that this is possible. I've never heard a story like that. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. And I hope it inspires other women who are tuning in today. And I'm also super curious, like, was there a difference between your first bird and your second bird? Is there like anything you want to share around this? Well, yeah, they were completely different <laughs> in nature. I would say energetically, they were both home births. So as soon as I knew that I was pregnant, it just dawned on me. I wanted a home birth. They usually say that the woman, as soon as she knows she's pregnant, she just like has the intuition of where she wants to give birth. For some, it's like in the middle of nature by themselves. For some, it's like home birth. For some, it's actually in the hospital every, every, to each their own. I just felt home birth. And I would definitely say I was already involved into womb work and I did a lot of feminine work and a lot of healing work on myself. And I was really attuned to my body's wisdom, et cetera. But like birth, there is nothing. Like once there is birth, there's such a, a powerful portal you go through that in a sense, I wasn't fully prepared for it. I don't even know if you could actually prepare for it. I think I would be ready. So yeah, but the birth per se was beautiful. I just felt this with my first son, this powerful energy of being trespassed by a volcano, like literally the, the volcano eruption and it just cracked me open. And this force that just came through me and just pushed the baby out. It was so, so, so cathartic, so powerful, so energetic. And I just felt this powerful explosion. I was just yelling the life out of me. just like, wow, it was so strong. And the second birth, was more centered in a sense. It was just like, first it was this expansion and just throwing everything out. And by a fact, Ravi is really, really expressive by nature. He's <laughs> very emotionally like loud and it just it really resembled my birth. And with my second child, it really felt the opposite, like everything going more inward. So just feeling instead of the volcano erupting, it felt more of a waterfall crashing through me and everything was just going more inward. And instead of yelling, I was growling and it was just like more deep in tone. You're like, Ooh. <laughs> and he came out from this energy and money is just super chill in nature. He's yeah. super chill, super mild, and it really compensates the energy of Ravi. It's so beautiful to see also birth, how like you just release the logical mind and you just feel and tune into the sensations. It's just like they give you so many hints of how the baby will be and how what woman you actually become afterwards. Mm -hmm. Both both pregnancies, I had a huge with with Ravi, my my brand was born and was sacred at the time. And I opened my shop for the first time. I just start launching my first ever offerings. And then when, when Mani came into the picture, I was pregnant with him. I had the whole rebrand. I slowed down. I retargeted where I wanted to go and my mission and all the things. And, and it was so symbolic to see how my, my work and my children just go hand in hand. Like my purpose is reinforced by my children. And I love yeah. that so much. They give me that, that power. You know? mm -hmm. Wow. It sounds like 
you've gone through the biggest ceremonies of your life by giving birth. And as you were giving birth to your babies, you were also giving birth to this new version of you. The first time, you know, going from maiden to mother. And then the second time, it's yeah. like going into like an even uplevelment of that. Yes, and really felt that. And I love that you shared that because so often what we hear in society is that you hear parents, young parents complain about, you know, being sleep deprived and not having time yeah, for themselves. Yeah. And and I get that. But recently I had a conversation with a beautiful tourist man who has four children and he told me wow. that the opposite is true. Yes, he was mm -hmm. like, I adore my children so much and they are amplifiers in my life. Yeah, they truly are. Since yeah. I started having babies and building my family, everything just went, everything took off yeah. in his business, making money, connections. Yeah. He was yes. like, that was really the moment that I was able to step into my manhood and like take responsibility and everything just took off and it was the most magical thing ever. And as I heard him describing it in that way, I was like, wow, that's exactly what I want. I don't want to be the parent yeah. that's like complaining about being sleep deprived and just being unhappy and being depressed or whatever it is, yeah. which it can also happen, of course. Um, but I do want to have like this perspective of like giving birth to a baby is the biggest privilege, the biggest honor that we can have mm -hmm. as parents and especially yeah. as women. And I really want to treat it in that way as well. And obviously, I'm not a mother yet, but that's definitely the intention that I'm setting and like that I'm also now hearing your story. It really also inspires me to look at birth in a different way and to look at motherhood in a different way. I love that. I love that. It's so true. No, no, no. I must say like 100% without my children, I wouldn't have been as big as I am today. Like, honestly, like they give me the strength. They, they're amplifiers. It's so true. You got to treat them like clear quartzes. Like they just yeah. amplify where you put them. They amplify what is there yeah. in the positive and also the things that you need to work on in your shadows and all the unresolved issues that are lingering there. Everything will come into surface, everything. And it's a beautiful opportunity. It's the best opportunity. But of course, it's two sideways. Either you go on the down the road in which like, oh, my God, this is too much. I don't want to see it or et cetera. Mm -hmm. Or you say, I'm ready. Let's go down this road. I'm ready. Let's go work on all those things. And you see you're going to fly. Like literally you're going to fly because <laughs> yeah. it's the type of magnitude of love and expansion that it's can't come. It's it, you can't compare it to anything, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like an Beautiful. ayahuasca ceremony, but then for a lifetime. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes I so that. much mirror work, <laughs> so many confrontations, so much shit yes. that you realize that Not you have ready. to heal. I can't wait to become a parent. Honestly, it sounds yes. awesome. <laughs> I'll be tuning in big time. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. And what I also wanted to ask you that I'm super curious about. Do you have like mm. any tips or can you share anything about your journey? What it was like mm. after giving birth, how you reclaim back your sensuality and being back mm. in touch with yourself and also with your partner? Because I can imagine like after giving birth, yeah. you need time to rest and to recover yes. and your yoni needs time to rest as well. Yes. So do you have like any tips you want to give around an estimation of time and what self-care practices that you can recommend and so on? Wonderful. Yes, I, I'm so passionate actually about this topic and having lived such beautiful, miraculous experiences on my own. So there culturally in so many parts of the world, we could talk mostly about the um, South Americas and Mexico, Guatemala. There's always this talk about la cuarentena, which is quarantine. And it's the sacred time the sacred 40 days in which a woman, after she gives birth to a child, she would take 40 entire days to just retreat into a cave. She would just like disappear from the outside world. She would stay in her tent, stay in her house, hopefully, possibly with like dimmed lights, just a little bit of light. You, you would take light in like fractions of time, not always beaming in front of your face, like really literally a little cocoon. And that's the fourth trimester. So it's still a trimester. It's still a time in which you're, it's a prolonged pregnancy phase. You gave birth and now it's the whole time you need to dedicate yourself to replenish, to restore. You're 
your tissues, your hormones, all of the things have been through the highest heights that you will ever have in your life as a woman. As soon as you give birth, the hormones will drop at the all-time low in an instant, the moment in which the baby is out. So, of course, it will be really challenging in so many different aspects. And to mitigate those challenges, it doesn't have to be challenging if you rest properly, if you give, you allow yourself the time and the practice, proper practices to really nourish yourself and give the right rhythm and time for your body to adjust to the baby, the baby to adjust to you. You get to know the baby, you stay together, you keep contact as much as you can, eat well, eat nourishing, warm foods, a lot of broths, a lot of things that can really replenish your nerves, replenish your organs. If um, Yoni steaming is one of my favorite practices. It helped me so much to recover from postpartum and you immediately start, they say like at least 48 hours after giving birth, you can immediately start Yoni steaming. If anyone is new to Yoni steam, you just, it's this practice in which you use vapors with herbs. Okay, so like water, hot water with herbs, and you will expose your pelvic region to these steams, to, with these herbs, that they will just go inside of the yoni and they will replenish all the tissues and they will help cleanse all that has been inside of the womb. And it can really help to restore and definitely actually helps to restore also libido. So we have a lot of women who are complaining after birth that libido doesn't come back and all these things, of course, because they didn't allow themselves to replenish for those 30 days. But also yoni steaming is such a huge catalyst. And of course, again, cultures around the world, they knew this. And you would steam for an entire 30 days, like for an entire month, you would steam every single day. So that's how important it is, how relevant it is. Yeah. You replenish the tissues and it brings back. I mean, I remember with my second birth, after two weeks, I was ready to have sex. Like I was really horny <laughs> and incredibly so. I was so surprised. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this steam is so powerful because I didn't allow myself to go through that in the first pregnancy. In the first yeah. pregnancy, it took me at least a month to recover. So generally you would wait an entire moon phase, right? An entire moon phase, another 29, 30 days just to reassess, readjust into this new life with a baby, allow to bond really with the baby, nourish yourself. Yoni steaming is amazing. Womb care, womb massages, simply use an oil, warm oil, give yourself nice, soothing womb massages. That helps a lot. Mm. Like there's all these nourishing, yummy, beautiful, sensual practices. You know, they're yeah. really like in India. I love this. Um, when a woman would give birth, they would immediately do henna. You know, they would make these intricate drawings on the legs of the woman so she couldn't move. <laughs> it's just a, a way to not allow her to move out of the bed. <laughs> you just have to stay there. Like anything is possible. If you, The less you move, the better. And there will be women and when midwives inside of the house helping out the woman to take care of everything, give her meals, give her everything that she needs, take the baby, make her go have a shower, like all of these things. And if we look how society treats postpartum women now, it's just like so crazy. Like it's, it's so insane how little support they have. They just hear the baby, go back home. They don't know how to latch on properly. They don't know. Like it's, it's, it's so wild. It's so heartbreaking yeah. in so many ways, it's, right? It's dehumanizing in a lot of ways. I hear you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can learn a lot from those beautiful traditional cultures who teach us Absolutely. the importance of honoring ourselves postpartum for sure. Yes. And I love that you mentioned Yoni steaming. It's definitely a practice that I'm familiar with. I did it quite a bit uh, a couple of years ago when I was healing Candida in my Yoni. So that helped a there lot. Yes. And also a tip for Candida, by the way, um, if you're a woman struggling with that, as soon as I removed my IUD, my Candida... Uh just was gone immediately and like it, it hasn't mm -hmm. gotten back since then so that was also a massive insight for me and um re regarding the yoni steaming are there like any herbs that you recommend or where can women find this or purchase this or is this something that you sure, also yes. sell on your shop yes i have the whole section in my own shop the yoni steaming blends and there's a spe specific blend that is helpful for postpartum mamas so it has a very selected 
types of herbs, both to replenish the womb, to tonify the womb after such a huge, massive release and stress it goes through to push out a baby. It can help heal hemorrhoids that so many women suffer from that usually after after giving birth. I also suffered with terrible hemorrhoids um, throughout the pregnancy and just by steaming 10 days, 10 days, they were gone. Wow. And it's been such a miracle for me. Like, wow, it's been so powerful. So there's that specific blend and it helps also with hot flash. Sometimes you can also have night sweats. So you have cooling herbs. It has a lot of different herbs that it can aid the whole postpartum situation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, who is not pregnant, and depending on what you're having in your menstrual cycle, if you have regular menstrual cycles, if you're having short cycles, long cycles, no cycles, the quality <laughs> of blood, are you having spotting? Like every single reproductive imbalance yeah. has specific herbs you can work with. So there are different blends depending mm-hmm. on the different aspect on what you need to work with. Yeah, that's really helpful to know. And I would love it if you could send me those links uh, of your shops and of your website. So I can make yeah. sure to link it in the show notes for anyone who's listening that you know that, you know, you've got a place to go now and get yourself <laughs> sorted. So that's really beautiful. And then I to wrap this conversation up, I also still have a question around your blood or bleed rituals. I know that yes. you paint with your blood, which is super beautiful. I also know that you offer your blood to the plants, which is like also mm. very, yeah, it's that cycle of giving back, right? Yeah. And I also noticed that you have these beautiful rituals where you put blood on top of your face, mm-hmm. kind of like using it in a way as a facial. And I would as love for you to share a little bit more around why you do this and why it's so good, yeah. why you recommend it for other women to also yeah. start doing this beautiful practice. I love that because just recently one video of facial has just gone so viral, like the most viral video that has ever been in this, the history of my social media was actually about the facial. And it, it sparks a lot of controversy, of course. In my findings, um, menstrual blood is just made of nutrients. Like from the end, like from the beginning to the end, if you look the whole list, of nutrients that are inside the menstrual, the menstruation. They're coming from protein and zinc and copper and selenium and ha- like all these beautiful nutrients that are both amazing for plants as fertilizer. And again, they're also found in uh, skincare products, right? And especially if you're fighting with the things like acne, for example, and breakouts of the skin. So, and it, most interesting enough, it, menstrual blood contains a lot of stem cells and it contains more stem cells than you would ever harvest from bones alone. Because of course, if you think about it every single month, the uterus is flushing out all of the endometrium and the mucus and all the blood that has been created throughout the month. And then it will have to rebuild. So stem cells have this capacity to rebuild, of rebuilding and rebuilding. So it can rebuild all of these, this, the scars and acne and all these breakouts, right? So, but other from that, that because this is something that came in afterwards, this knowledge, but the first time I ever experimented with my blood and start touching it and looking at it and staring, I'm really experiential in my experience. I just love when I see something, I want to fully immerse with my senses. That was what, what it means to be sensual, right? I really like to immerse myself, so smell it and touch it and taste it and all these things. And then it just felt natural at a certain point to just smear it on my face. I was just looking myself at the mirror. I just looked at it and I started just like applying it and it made me feel like such a goddess it was just bathing into the big taboo and it felt awesome it felt amazing so empowering and this is the 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 feedback that i receive every single day from these women like jasmine i did it i did it i put i did a facial and i never felt more sexy i never felt more bomb i never felt more of a badass it's been what a homecoming so beautiful like constantly i'm receiving this feedback and when you're applying your menstrual blood on your face, you just leave it for as long as it feels like. I like to just apply it and just get lost in my drawings, get lost in my rituals. I might keep it on for an entire two hours. Like there's not a, too much or too less because it's completely natural. <laughs> and what is natural, you can keep it on forever. But when I remove it, my skin is glowing. 
it's glowing like it's so freaking glowing i'm just like so captivated and mesmerized every time like what is this like how can it be so beautiful my skin feels like so fresh so beautiful so exfoliated just like beautiful just yeah blush i can see that so and i have so many women saying that healed their acne and healed a lot of skin issues related to that so it's really powerful that's beautiful. I can tell like your skin looks really radiant and rejuvenated. And I am someone who has been struggling with acne. So I feel mm. very cold to try out. There you go. <laughs> Please try. And I'll keep you posted. I'll email you. Please I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> keep me posted. Absolutely. I had such beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feedback from women with acne. Beautiful yeah. feedback. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I love that you're just reminding us of coming back home to ourselves and just letting go of all the products that the world offers and just realizing that everything that we need is already within us and by doing these practices that are very ancient and beautiful and yeah it's just coming back home to yourself and I think that's a beautiful permission slip and that reminder that you get to share with the world. I think that there's a lot of medicine. It's very simple if you think about it, but it's not easy. (laughs) But but I'm glad that you're leading the way and showing us that, you know, what is possible. Thank you so much, Kat. I love this conversation so much. (laughs) I just love it. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your medicine with us all. I would love to share uh, where can people connect with you? What's your Instagram? And do you have any offerings at the moment that you are sharing with the world? Sure. So my shop website is www.sacredwoman.com. Sacredwoman.com. Very, very simple. On Instagram, I'm Jasmine Alicia Carter. And I have the two pages, Menstrual Art Movement, where there's the collection of all the beautiful paintings in the world of women who reclaim their, their, their menstrual cycles with art. And the page of my shop is Sacred Woman Boutique. And these are my main pages on, on Instagram. For now, I'm like really in the process of um, yeah, launching new products <laughs> it's just like in the making and the baking because since my little one now is about to be one year old and i was tending to him most of my time it was like my my work situation was adapting to growing up this little child but now since he's starting to go to school and it will start to, the situation will change i finally feel more ready to come back on with my one-on-one sessions with mentorships and coaching calls and group programs so like Stay tuned for that. <laughs> It'll <Yay>. be coming. <laughs> yeah, that's so good to know. Thank you so much for sharing, my love. Thank you, thank you. And thank you. Yeah, I invite everyone who's listening to give her a follow. It's very inspiring. And to also share with us, uh, you know, your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And both tag us so we don't miss it. And also experiment with the different rituals that we have spoken about today. From the yoni steaming to the blood rituals, the blood facials, to um, painting with your blood show us photos like we're so curious we would love to celebrate you so don't be a stranger don't be shy and please feel free to reach out on instagram i would love to invite you to leave a review on the show because they help us to spread this podcast far and wide and it really does make a difference i would be most grateful and of course i am all about energetic exchanges So if you have the time and space to support the podcast, please email us with a screenshot of your review, both on the Apple Podcast and Spotify, alongside with your personal birthday details, and we will get back to you with an amazing astrology reading around the big themes that this year has in store for you. Thank you, babe. I'll see you next time.